Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, y'all, it's Alante, and you're listening to Black and in Grad School, the podcast that helps women and people of color like you excel in this journey. If you're listening, I believe you are an aspiring or current scholar who wants to successfully navigate this process by sharing my experience while pursuing my PhD and interviewing other black graduate students or early career professionals, it is my hope that you can glean encouragement, advice, and strategies that you can apply to your journey. Thanks for listening. Hey y'all, it's Alante. I know it's been a little minute. Um, A lot has happened, obviously, with um, the coronavirus and with traveling and school and I just feel like our worlds have been turned upside down so admittedly um, it took me a while even to get adjusted to this new normal and I hope that you are taking time and being gentle with yourself as you are doing so and um, now crazy it's two weeks ago that South by Southwest EDU was canceled and I still went to Austin and was able to meet Joy, but Autumn and Raven, you know, chose not to come because, I mean, what for? But I had a great time and I'll be at some point sharing that trip in my highlights. But in the meantime, I just wanted to come on here and first say thank you um, to everyone who has supported me up to this point. I know last episode had a moment. If you haven't listened to it, you know, your girl got a little soft. But um, to thank you for not only the support of the podcast, but also with the shop. Um, I'm just so grateful for all the orders and the support. And I'm going to be shutting down the shop pretty soon. So this is your notice that the shop is going to be closing soon. With that said, um, again, just want to express my gratitude This week's episode was with Autumn, um, but unfortunately, we had some audio issues. So what I decided to do was give you a good old throwback to our first interview, which was episode 28. Whoa, long time ago. But um, now Autumn has completed her PhD, so it's really fun to kind of be hearing her story um, from way back when to now her being on the other side of the entire experience. Um, But I hope you enjoy this episode. I'll definitely be back next week. We're going back to our regular schedule, y'all. Thanks for the patience as I was adjusting and we've all been adjusting to the craziness. But stay safe, stay distant, and um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. What's up, what's up, y'all? It's Alante with another episode of Black and in Grad School, and I'm really excited about my guest today. I have Miss Autumn, who is one half of Black Academia, which is a very dope blog and podcast that covers all things in higher ed for Black folk. Thank you so much for joining, Autumn. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. So, um, 
we were able to kind of connect over Twitter. And I feel like I'm, I'm just really excited that this like community of like black mm-hmm. grad school blogger creatives is like thriving and so robust that we can all like work together. Yeah, it's really dope to like, I didn't know this was a space a year ago, year and a half ago. Um, and to watch how all of us have kind of come together and started chatting and collaborating, it's really cool. I know, I know. Yes, I completely agree. Okay, well, let's get started. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself, um, what you're up to right now. Yes, so I am a second year doc student at the University of Maryland in the College of Education. Um, My department is teaching, learning, policy, and leadership. And then my specific program is language literacy and social inquiry. So it's a lot of words to basically just say I study black girls of literacy. That's all. (laughs) Um, I started, should I talk about black academia now or you want me to hold off on that? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, cool. Um, I started Black Academia with Tiffany almost like a year and a half ago now, I think. We were both just like having lots of conversations about education and what it was like. Um, Some background, Tiffany is an administrator in education um, and I at the time was working as a teacher and then moved to get my master's. and the conversations we were having weren't changing. Like there were the same conversations at every level of education, right? So her as an administrator, me as a teacher, and then a grad student, like we were seeing the same things over and over. Um, and it started as a joke. We were like, we should make a podcast, Kiki. Um, and then after a while, after continuing to have these conversations and even like talking to some of our other friends and they were seeing some of the same trends, we were like, no, this really needs to be a thing. Um, so we started as a blog first to kind of, you know, gain some traction and like see what was out there. And then we were like, all right, it's time to put our, our boots to the ground and really um, get focused. So we did the podcast. Nice. Okay. I, I love it. And I really like you all's format. Like it sounds like you all are definitely like actual friends, not mm-hmm. you know, collaborating. And not that there's anything wrong with working with someone because you have the same vision, but to have a relationship on the back end, I think it's also really powerful. So, um, I, I'm happy your second year. Now I have so many questions and I'm totally going to be selfish about them because <laughs> you are where you're at the end of the road that I'm about to start, um, as I'm a year behind you. So like what, well, first tell us like, what was your, what made you choose higher education? Um, and when I say that, I mean like deciding to get a master's and a PhD. Yeah, so I was teaching, um, and there were just a lot of things that I felt I didn't have control over, like things that I wanted to change, but I was like, it's not my students. Um, There's a lot of stuff going on with administration, but I don't necessarily want to be an administrator. And there are just like things going on at higher levels that are like really problematic that are affecting kids at the K-12 level. Um, And so I thought I wanted to go into policy. So I went to Penn to get my master's in policy. Um, But when I was there, the program was very quantitative and very macro and didn't focus at all on the individual experiences of people. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like you're reducing people's experiences to numbers and like numbers are important. Right. But like people are actually going through things and like, let's talk about that. Um, And so I was an English teacher, was an English major in undergrad. Um, And the more I started thinking about it, the more I was like, I really, excuse me, am interested in like literacy and policy and black kids and like all of those things and how they come together. Um, So Maryland was kind of like the perfect choice because my advisor um, was studying like multicultural literacy and like all this stuff. And she's just really dope. 
Um, it's not super far from home. I'm close to my family. And so, you know, I was like, this is, this is the route I want to go. I also think that like, in order for me to, you know, kind of get into some of the spaces I want to get into and make some of the change that I really want to be able to happen in education, I need to have, like, as a black woman, I need to have the word doctor in front of my name, um, to be taken seriously in some of those spaces. Yeah, that's real. I definitely can feel you on that. So what led you to this research interest beyond, I mean, I understand like being in English, but you know, you can always, there are a lot of directions you can go with English as a background. Um, but what made you pick literacy? So I think I chose literacy specifically because there's a lot of work that says that like our kids are illiterate, right? Like they're not reading or like they're not capable of doing X, Y, Z things. Mm-hmm. And as someone who was in the classroom, I was like, but I'm watching kids do all of these things. And they might not be able to like, I don't know, um, like conjugate a verb in a particular way for a particular time or know that like a preposition doesn't come at the end of the sentence. But those are all like things that in the grand scheme of things are irrelevant anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, I'm able to, I'm watching them do some really like high level thinking about things. So for people to say they're illiterate and for like me to get these reports and numbers, um, and not even necessarily just about my kids, but about like black students nationally. I was like, this is not okay. Um, and so I took a class when I was doing my master's program on like adolescent literacy and learned about like multi-literacies and this idea that like people, literacy is something that is like social and cultural. Right. And so like we practice literacy differently, but unfortunately like we are only tested on standardized, like white literacy. Um, and so I'm really interested in like, finding out the ways that like our kids are practicing literacy in schools so that we can like re- shift the narrative. Um, so that, that it's not, they're not looked at in a deficit sort of way, but it's like, look at all these skills they're bringing to the classroom and like, let's also give them these other skills, but let's not like just totally throw out and ignore the things that they already have. Right. Oh my gosh. I, now this only thing like with interviews, I guess I get enthused about anyone else's research I'm like that sounds really interesting just the idea of like multi-literacy I've never heard of that before um I'm not in the higher education space mm-hmm. so like wow that's great yeah. yeah and I mean like even when I think about like the way so like I said my work is on black girls specifically and when I think about the way that um black girls are often like seen in the news and like on tv and like we are just portrayed all the time as like these angry, loud, stereotypical black girls, right? But like even the way we behave and act in class is like very much a form of literacy, right? Like for a girl to like um like I know you remember the girl who the police officer threw her on the ground for not giving up her cell phone, right? But like even her act of, of resistance of like I'm not giving you my cell phone right now, right? Like that's a that's a form of literacy that like isn't acknowledged. Um mm-hmm. And when it's not acknowledged, right, then we see things like the police officer throwing her on the ground as opposed to, like, somebody having a conversation with her. Right. Wow. Okay, now I have a question. Mm -hmm. So, like, how was that? How was that a form of literacy? I'm just... yeah, yeah. So that's a form of like what what's called like resistance literacy, right? Of her idea, her understanding of like, I have this cell phone out right now at this moment. Um, what you're asking me to do isn't conducive to like what needs to happen in order for me to learn. And so I'm not going to put it away. Eventually she did put it away. Right. But then the teacher asked her to leave the class and she was like, no, I'm not leaving the classroom because I have a right to be in this classroom to learn. 
right? I did what you asked me to do and I'm not going to leave. And so she's reading the situation around her and she's saying, it's in my best interest to put the phone away. It is not in my best interest to leave this classroom because I am a member of this community in this space and I have a right to be here. Ooh, okay. Wow. I love it. I just, I'm just about to just, I have, to, I have a something to, I have something to think about tonight and just kind of grapple with. Yes. Yeah. I, that's amazing. I really, it really is just like amazes me every time when I talk to different people about their work. It's just like, wow. Yeah, there's so much out there. And like, we don't, I don't know. I don't know about your field, but like we don't communicate across fields and that's such a problem. Oh, I was just having that conversation with somebody over the weekend, just like how much we work in silos, but mm-hmm. like, some, but somehow I feel like because like there's such a smaller community of like black scholars, I know about other people's work that's not related to mine just because I want to talk to someone who looks like me about research. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I learn a lot. Um, but I had never um, talked to someone in the literacy space. So I'm I'm excited. Um, and we'll have to talk some more like off offline about this. But super excited about your work and like hoping to you know kind of keep up with it i put you on my google alerts oh word. thank you yes. so okay so you told us about your how you picked your research and you told us about how you picked your how you picked your, like you know chose your path in graduate school so what are your plans you kind of alluded to it a little bit but what do you want to do after you're done So I think that I would like to start some type of like literacy center or program, right? Working with, excuse me, I don't know what's going on my voice today. Working with um, black and brown students. I haven't decided whether I want to do this in like, like quote unquote urban communities or like cities yet, or like legit the way gentrification is working. We're being pushed out to suburbs. So it's a lot of us there now too. Um, So I don't know what that means for like where I'll end up. I know that I want to work specifically with kids, um, but also be a professor. So like whatever I do, I need to work out some type of deal with the university to be like, hey, yes, I'll do research, but know that I need to be like, I need FaceTime with children or else this is not going to work for me. That's beautiful. You know, bless you for having that gift. (laughs) Because this, I love teaching. I love it a lot. I just don't like kids. (laughs) I could teach other adults. Okay. I can become See, a and you got that because that one is not for me. <laughs> not. I love it. Uh, I, I I like either like second graders who are like super young or adults. <laughs> like pretty much once you hit like fourth grade, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're evil. And I will wait until they're in college and back <laughs> trying to figure out themselves. And see, I like them around sixth grade. I don't like seventh graders. I think seventh graders all over are the worst people on the planet. Like, I don't, something happens at that grade. But I like sixth and then eighth through twelfth. I love them. Oh my goodness. Well, look, there's a ministry for everybody. Bless it. Yes. Okay. So, (laughs) what is your, well, and and I know you talk about, I talk a lot probably about your, how you navigate grad school being black and a woman um, on your podcast. But if you want to share like maybe like one standout story today, that'd be cool. Um, or kind of what all you cover on the podcast. 
Um, hmm. so on the podcast, we really, we've broken it down into some segments. And so the first thing we do really is bringing in like celebrations and focusing just like on being joyful. Um, cause it's real easy to get bogged down in these spaces and just forget, um, one, why you started and two, like, you know, how to maintain your joy. So we do that. Um, we have a blast from the past where we talk about something in history dealing with education. So one time we talked about, um, Lincoln University's first black president, which was something that like Tiffany here researched and I didn't know that like Lincoln's first president wasn't black. You that's mind boggling. Um, but we talked about that, some of the implications of it. We talked about like the Journal of Negro Education, which is run out of Howard um, and is a publication for like where black folks have had a space to publish when we weren't publishing other places before. Um, so people like Du Bois have published there. Um, I want to say Booker T. Washington, but like just some really, really prolific names, um, from the past. We celebrate a woman of the week, which we had said at one point wasn't always going to be a woman, but so far it has, cause we're just doing really dope things in, in spaces. Um, yeah. so like we talked about the little girl, Marley Davis, who did the black books for girls. Um, mm. I just love her. We talked about the woman and I'm drawing a blank on her name right now, but she, um, she does the black girls code program. Okay. Um, there's okay. I don't want to say the wrong name either. Cause there, you know, there are a couple, I'm thinking of some local ones in Detroit. I'm like Marlon, but I don't think she does black mm-hmm. girls. Code. No, this is the woman who started the like national one. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we know, I know what you're talking about though. Yeah. She's super dope. Um, and then we kind of talk about some, like, um, we, we wrap it up with some things that are like current events or things that are happening at the moment in education spaces. So anything from like the school shootings that happened and the walkouts and, um, and, uh, marches that happened as a result, or even, um, what are some other things we've talked about? Dad. We just, just things that are going on currently education. We talked about Betsy DeVos and her kind of, um, changing the regulations for um title nine and what that means for women on college campuses um who have been sexually affected like sexually harassed or uh have been victims of sexual harassment or violence um and so yeah we kind of just like we cover a real big breadth of things um but we also want to make sure that there's space for like people to talk across uh fields and across um, across even like age groups and levels of education, because there's not a whole lot of spaces where like black folks in particular are talking like between primary and kindergarten, primary and K-12 and tertiary and grad school. So we kind of just like bring all of it in together. Yeah. I, I love it. Um, I think that I, I listened to the HBCU episode, um, after watching, um, are we calling it Beachella now? Like after watching that, I, I was missed just feeling, it. Oh my goodness! I'm trying so hard to find the video somewhere. There are so many links like floating around, so I'll see. I I actually ended up watching something on my Twitter. Okay, like so, someone like posted it, and I was like, okay, I'll watch it. And then I know that Coachella actually restreamed it, so they okay. might do that again. Okay, I was like, because yeah. I've been so anti Coachella for so long. But to see her go up there and just be super black, I was like, I'm with it. It was, I mean, it was like, 
the moment I saw it, I was like, oh, so this is I, who told? I almost like who told her about these HBCU bands? Like she was, she ate it up. Like and them, you know, like them, Jesus, and those um like majorette dances. Like mm-hmm. that is so specifically um like a a typical HBCU band kind of situation. So um after that, and I, and I went to the HBCU for undergrad. So like mm-hmm. after that, and then wanted to make sure I listened in. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just listening to this HBC episode real quick. Just, <laughs> um, but one thing I did want to say about, like there was a documentary documentary that came out. Um, I want to say like, la- oh, it was in February, right? The um, HBC documentary that was on PBS. Yes. And they, they had a pretty, I feel like, ex- you know, a good overview of the history of HBCUs, but um, it, I learned then that like no HBCUs like original presidents were black. So yeah, after that- after that episode, I went back and did some research, and I was like thinking I, and started thinking about it, and like the the way that like um, land grants and like um, the Freedmen's mm-hmm. Bureau and like all of those things worked, and I was like, this actually makes a whole lot of sense. It's it's tragic, but it makes a lot of sense for the way that the country's history has worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was, I mean, in like, of course I, you know, um, listening to it late, right. After all of those things of time has passed, um, probably affect, in fact, affected me not knowing, but I definitely was like surprised when I heard about it in the documentary, but that, since I already knew that knowledge when, when I heard it, I was like, doesn't surprise me, but at least it was in the forties, I think is what you all said mm-hmm. that he, um, became president. So that's really cool. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about black academia. How do you balance that in actual grad school? Mm. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I am actually like not naturally a really good manager of my time. Um, I tend to be someone who does not like a whole lot of structure and order. And I think like one grad school has taught me that that's not an option. Um, and then two, like doing this in grad school has made me a little bit more, made me think more strategically about how I use my time. So typically I'm up at like five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. Um, and that's when I do a lot of my reading, writing, that kind of stuff. Um, and so I do what I have to do so I can do what I want to do. Um, and so after like the things that need to be done for school or for my assistantship are done, then I kind of spend time, um, thinking about and working on things for black academia. It's also a team, right? So like it's me and Tiffany, but there are a lot of people behind the scenes too. So we are about to do a reboot soon of our book club. Um, and there are two women who we haven't announced them on like social media yet, but it'll be coming up like right before the book club happens. Um, they do all of the book club stuff. Like they're choosing the book and reading and previewing and coming up with questions. Um, I also have a really good friend who is one of the social media coordinators um, and that's helpful too, because social media, like you said, is really dope, but it's just also a lot. Um, yes. and there are a lot of different, like Twitter is probably where most of us live, but I think there are other platforms that are useful for things too. So like we did a brunch last year and we want to do another one this year. Um, and Instagram is a better space to like gain traction for an event like that. Um, let me know. I'm only a four hour drive. I'll make a drive for a brunch. Yes. Yes. I will definitely let you know. Um, 
But yeah, so I think between like figuring out how to be real strategic with my time and then also having a team, um, that, that makes it manageable. That's great. That's so great. Um, that you like have a team. So last question before we get into this, like talk, I'm really excited about it is, is there any advice you have for current black graduate students? Yes, I would say the advice that like I continue to try to give to myself right now um, and that I think has been useful when I've said it to other people is give yourself grace. I think that we get so caught up in the weeds that we don't see our own growth. Um, Last week or two weeks ago, I was asked to come do like my first year presentation for the current group of first years. And I pulled it up Mm -hmm. for the first time since I had finished that class. And I was like, oh, this is a mess. But like, that's something I was really proud of when I handed it in. Um, And so in that moment, I was like, wow, Autumn, you've made all of this growth over this whole year and you haven't given yourself credit for any of this um, because you're so busy critiquing the work you're currently doing. So I think like just constantly taking moments to step back and think of like where you've come from um, and where you are so that we don't, we're not constantly just like downing ourselves, but we, we can praise ourselves for those things too. Yeah, I'm super. I I love that. Um, it's really speaking to me right now because <laughs> something that I am working on um, daily. And also, I think being a little bit less critical of what I'm doing right now and just kind of I'm like, oh, I want to finish something to be proud of it. A lot of my stuff is like it's done. Whew, OK, mm. next on my list. You know, I don't even I have yet, I think, to turn anything in that like I'm like, well, no, my my manuscript I'm pretty I'm relatively proud of but school wise like everything is like I'm just happy it's done (laughs) yeah it moves so fast and there's so many deadlines and yeah oh my gosh get me started I'm literally like okay how am I about to do these last two three weeks of school like I'm going to get through it but it's it feels like a little overwhelming right now um cool all right um thank you that's the main interview partner we're gonna have some fun okay so we're gonna do lessons from the trap a little bit like the remix (laughs) i'm probably gonna have to i'm gonna release this earlier than i originally planned because it's like i feel like we need to do this on time like Mm. (laughs) i'm about to talk about this new drake jaunt this cardi b album and some gems in both as they relate to grad school you ready i'm ready all right where you want to start um, let's start with Drake. Cause that's like real quick. We can go ahead on after that. No, no, that's going to repeat. No, I said like, I know, like I agree. Listen, that song. Oh my goodness. I was uh, doing my meal prep for the week and listened to it like four times in a row. I was like, oh, this is, this is too much. <laughs> too- and all I kept thinking is this is what happens when you listen to women. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Drake listens. Yes. <laughs> I don't- that's it. He listens and he puts into a song and I'm like, whoever you talking to is telling the one and telling the truth. And then like you legitimately listen. Yep. Wow. Do you, um, do you watch Insecure? I do. There's an episode where Daniel was like, why do all college educated black women love Drake? And she's just like, he gets us. And that's just how I feel. Like he, like you said, he is, somebody is out there coaching him or just like pouring wisdom into him. And he is sincerely listening and hearing and digesting all that they are saying. 
seriously because every like okay i'm trying to think of the line that like got me because i was listening to it today like friday i i don't even think i i might have played um invasion of privacy one time full out and the rest of the night i was playing <laughs> nice for fun. <laughs> too. like pittsburgh it's been it was snowed on tuesday but it was 75 on friday so i'm like oh i am tracy ellis ross in that sun yeah. in that video yes that is how I'm feeling right now. Um, but it's just like, you know, you've been working hard. You got your bills paid. You think nobody see it, but I see you. It's like, yes, yes. I do. I, we be grinding. Yes, yes, yes. And then my other line is where he says, uh, you really piping up on these niggas. You got to be nice for what to these niggas. Like, come on, because this nice stuff, like I've had enough. Like that scene with Issa at the table and all those white men. I feel like that in grad school so many times, so many times. And I was like, this is, this is an anthem, Drake. This is a word. This is, <laughs> it, was, it was so spot on. Cause when I first heard, I was like, okay, yes. Like I love bounce, you know, um, I'm a, you know, Lauren Hill sample. Okay. The, the first, the, the first time I heard, I was like, okay, this is good. Then I listened mm-hmm. and I like instantly fell in love. But the fact that I can rock to it, like, through everything like i'm going to broccoli city in a couple weeks and i can't yeah, wait to hear it in my hood. i was gonna go and just sold my ticket but i don't believe i should have sold I mean, my ticket but I need i'll it. still be here so we can still link yes 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 i'm, I'm low-key down there all the time oh, so. oh that's good to know <laughs> I, I school has like kept me when i was working i was there way too much like i got a whole little life in dc but um <laughs> We're not gonna get into that. So, um, yes, yeah, nice for what is like definitely an anthem, a great. It's more than a bop. That's why I think I like it so much because I feel like invasion of privacy is a bop. Mm. Okay. What do you? <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think it is. I would agree with you. I think there are some songs though, and I'm not even gonna try to get into like quoting lyrics right now because I don't. I can't. But I think it is. I think it's a bop. I think there are some moments where I'm like, I have that same kind of feeling of like, I don't know, like a certain gusto, like I'm <laughs> listening to Nice For What, but it's not as consistent. Like that whole song feels just real empowering. And I don't know about the whole album of, you're right, Invasion of Privacy. Yeah. Okay. I was, I feel like when I first, res- my first response was not <laughs> well received. I was like, I mean, it's a bop. Like, it's definitely a summer album, mm-hmm. but it. I didn't find myself feeling like some parts, like they, like there were certain certain lyrics in like "Get Up" ten that like really had me, um, you know, feeling motivated. But I feel like it's more like a petty motivation. Mm-hmm. Like, only time I lay down is my ladies' host to rest. Like, I love that line. It's so clever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know. I don't even do any of those things, but like, I like it. <laughs> That's real. That's real. I, um, yeah, you know, you're not the first person to say that though. Like, I think that I've had a couple of friends say that they feel the same way about the album and they're like, Oh, it's not as, as great as everybody gassed it up to be. Um, I don't like the like rap ballads that are on there. Like I can't, I can't. Ring and, uh, I don't even know the other one, but ring is tr- 
Mr. Yes. And the one with, uh, is that the one with Kalani? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we can take that one off. Yeah, definitely. I like deleted it from my Apple's library, so I won't play when I. <laughs> That's smart. That is smart. I don't think Spotify lets you do that, but um, yeah, I like Big Ahead simply because it feels like middle school. Because like I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that one actually came out. Yes. Um. Yeah. No, I do love Big Ahead. Like, even though it is, I think she could have gone harder on it, but I still like it. Yes. Um, yes. Oh, you know what song I really like? Yeah. Get up ten because it reminds me a whole lot, a whole lot of that's the yeah that's the first song. It reminds me a whole lot of Dreams and Nightmares by mm-hmm. Meek Mill, and I was like, this is like the first time I heard it. I was like, this is everything. And like, I'm not from yeah. Philly, but I'm from Pennsylvania, and like, um, the Eagles just won the Super Bowl, and like being out there for the parade and all that energy, and I was like, this is everything. Yeah, literally. That's why I think Chris, Crystal and Kid Fury on the read literally were like, like I know them. I don't know them, but I like to say it like they were like it's literally the female Meek Mills. Mm. And when I hear, I was like, first time I heard, I was like, this does sound very familiar. And I'm, I mean, I'm not from here, um, but I mean, the Dreams and Nightmares is like a club banger. Yes. Like everyone loves it. Everyone goes crazy. I don't know the words to that song. It does not. I think because it never. I only all know is hold up, wait a minute, and that's it. And y'all thought I was finished, and I don't know nothing else. And oh no, I do know some more words, but it's like all cuss words. <laughs> but um, that's it. And so it wasn't one of them songs that I learned, <laughs> you know, so I could yell top of my that's lungs right. at the club. So I think that's why Get Up 10 didn't really stick for me the first couple times. But I was listening to it on Saturday and really like, I was like folding clothes and cleaning up. So I got to really like listen to the lyrics. And I was like, this is actually a good song. And she says, you know, she gives us like some insight into her, her struggles before, you know, she became, you know, she's had this like, I don't even want to call it overnight, but like this is really high level. Real fast. Um, yeah, it was very fast though. It was like beyond exponential. Yeah. So it was, it was, it's a, it's a good song. Like I'm not, it's on my list still. Okay. So it's get up 10 drip. I don't like drip. I, I mean, I'm happy that she's with offset. Like I'm happy for her, but I feel like she works with him too much. The Migos are all up and through this album. All up. But I, Y'all, we can get a break. Yeah. And, I, but I did hear that she, um, just signed to their agency or like their management. I heard that somewhere too. So I feel like, okay, girl, I mean, just as long as you got your coins protected. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's where people get messed up. Exactly. But drip is like, just okay. Big and head. We already talked about it. Bodak yellow. Did you know that she, I'm not gonna say she cheated. Cause that's not true. But the album went like gold because Bodak yellow had already went. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. that. There's a new, like, I, this is the type of stuff that I do when I should be doing homework. <laughs> I read articles about stuff that I can't, I have no control over. It doesn't affect my life. But um, Bodak Yellow is on the album. I think it was strategic to make her album go like triple, you know, whatever, platinum or gold. The song had already done that. And if a song, the 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 downloads or the listens or whatever for that song get applied to they just changed the rules like this year where like the bo- billboards whoever does this like whatever the agency that 
controls like your status for your album sales, mm-hmm. they just changed the condition where like in the last year where a single's sales can be applied to the album. That is why I mean, I can't be mad at it. That's smart. Like, yeah, because people are like, why is that yellow on there? And then when I read it, I'm like, well, shoot, I put it on there yeah. too. Like my album is gold yeah. off off rip. And so she broke a record by being to go gold in one day. But technically, you know, it's kind of like on a technicality, but I'm not mad okay. at her. Be strategic. Be smart. Um, and then do you like be careful? I do. I think it's about. Okay. <laughs> so I, I really like it. And it's so funny that Be Careful with her single, which has a bit of the Lauren Hill sample, yes. a little, she says it, and then Nice for What came out. And I was like, y'all got to talk more. Yeah, it's it's also crazy how those came out so close together. Yeah, he was like, everybody, I feel like almost everybody was like waiting for her to come out and then like decided to almost come after her type. I don't know. Or maybe I didn't think it'd be as big as it I don't know. Because it just seemed like then Nikki came out with two songs. And- I haven't listened to hers yet. Have you listened to them? I listened to Chun. Actually, I listened to both. I'm not a, I'm already not a big um, Nikki fan anyway. Okay. I like her better as a featured artist. Like, I pretty much, I feel like she's really strong as a feature. I haven't really liked an album since like Pink Friday or even giving the album a full yeah chance. yeah like I liked her in like her itty bitty piggy days okay I don't even see that might I think I met I, I think I rock with her when she went commercial. okay yeah but um it's I it didn't it didn't move me she says a lot of the same lines yes, over and over again. yes she might need to go better like, yeah she'd be like Miss Chelly Chunley, Chunley, like okay, how many times you gonna say it, girl? Like we got mm-hmm. it. Chun- we we know those um, words rhyme because they the same, Nikki. Like next. right, <laughs> like and even when like male rappers do it, I'm also irritated because literally, even on it's, it's, we're we're making our way through this through the set list <laughs> because I also have some thoughts on she bad with Cardi B and YG. Mm. I love the song, but YG's part is like he literally just says what she's. <laughs> But that's like um, Lemon with Rihanna and Pharrell. Ooh. It's the same. It's the same lyrics, like Rihanna's verse and then Pharrell's verse. And you like, but she just said all these things, sir. And it was better oh. when she said it. Dang! And I don't even honestly. I only listen for Rihanna's part, so I never noticed. Yeah, it's the same words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, Pharrell. <laughs> And it's bad one because like if Pharrell does it, I feel like everyone's like, "Oh, I can just do it too." Like you can't do it, Pharrell does. Pharrell is a different. He's just on a different level. Mm-hmm. He really is. And people just be like, "I'm gonna just take this and apply it." No, he's like, he told y'all he's like in outer space. Like I don't know why I'm not listening. <laughs> agree, agree. Okay, the next song is "Best Life" with Chance the Rapper. I was surprised Chance agreed to be on her. Oh, I agree. I was surprised to see Chance on there, but I love anything Chance does. So yeah, he has some good lines, and I meant to write them down to like use for lessons from the trap. So I'm gonna just give that song like an asterisk because it has some good parts. But it was Chance saying it, not Cardi. But it was still good. And then the next one is I like it, which is the uh, the sample. I like it. Like yes, it, like I that it. one is my gym anthem. Ooh, I will try tomorrow. Yes, girl, it'll get you through some squats. 
Okay, I'm gonna try it. I like it's so. This is sometimes where like the basic girl comes in out and me sometimes because she like I like them Balenciaga the ones that look like socks. I'm like, oh, that's what they are. I like. Them. <laughs> oh, I love that line. It's like <laughs> so simple, but I love it. Like me too, Cardi. <laughs> We're gonna skip ring because we already talked about mm-hmm. that. And then money bag. I feel like everybody, everyone loves money yeah. bag. <laughs> and then Barbie party. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. we can skip that one. Yeah, did you see the meme about the girl, the dude who's like, I'm about to be a mommy? No. <laughs> Cardi. <laughs> it's like, who's about to be a mommy? God. I almost want to find it right now, but I just kicked my phone away because, like, my group chat is going crazy right now. My phone vibe. Um, okay, then she bad. She bad is a good mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And then it's through your, through your phone is uh, that other rap battle. I don't, yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. I feel like that song is kind of toxic. I, yeah, I don't even think I've... I've probably listened to it all of two times. I It's just like, I don't even put that into my spirit. I don't go through phones. Mm-hmm. I don't... I just don't care. It's just... Those are the things I don't really care about. And then lastly is I do with SZA. Mm-hmm. Greatness. Yeah. Yeah. They're both going to be at um, Broccoli. Oh, I wonder if they're going to perform together. I figured. Wait, wait. SZA's going to be at Broccoli Fest too? Am I slipping? Yeah, I think like she's going to be there. Her and, um, no, I lied. That's her, not SZA. I lied. Yeah. So mm-hmm. her and Daniel C. They're going to be there together. Yeah. Now that I'm oh, very Yeah, that's going to be good. I think they're both going to be at Essence. And that's the reason I was like, you know what? I'm going to see them. So, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like one of my homegirls is going to Coachella next weekend. Mm-hmm. And she's coming to Broccoli City. I'm like, okay, girl. Like, come through. Hey, Brittany. She listened. <laughs> but uh, I'm like, I literally, I got less excited. Well, one, the whole idea of Coachella, like, doesn't really appeal to me. Once my friend told me they had dirt in their nose for Ooh, three days afterwards. Cause it's just so much dust and stuff and they they were like got sick like everyone pretty much got sick and i was like i don't i don't want you just like build a tent right and just like stay out there well there's like a shuttle that goes from i guess the cities out there so my friends got an air both of my groups of friends who were going got airbnb and then just bought the shuttle pass and they just shuttle between the two okay but it just didn't one it's expensive mm-hmm. two you so you spend all this money in this dirt and you know for like three days after you mm-hmm. leave i'm back at home and it's still dirt in my nose it just don't yeah, you can spend all that like but for that price you would think you stay in somewhere that's luxurious yeah. i just yeah, i think it's cool and i maybe one day year i will get excited to go but i mean now that it's streaming i definitely don't oh yeah no like, I, I feel like they're gonna start charging for that soon though Oh yeah, I, and look, they're gonna package. They're gonna package this year's because too many people wanted to watch it. Right? I, I checked before we talked. There were fifty thousand people watching streaming, watching this live stream. Wow, that's yeah. wild. Yeah. That's way too much money to like not be taken advantage of. They're gonna, gonna definitely like start video. packaging. Yeah, and I don't blame them. Like, make your money. I ain't go watch it then because I I just don't care mm-hmm. enough. No, I'm um, sure gonna find this Beyonce thing after this, but that's about it. Yes, I will see if I can find a link. One, one of my main go-to 
is he got shut down earlier. I was watching it as Coachella pulled it off his site. Mm, I was so hurt. No. Uh, yes. <laughs> it was kind of funny though. But I um I ended up still like I said, you you it was re- restreaming on YouTube. So um I was able to watch it there. Um so it's been 40 minutes. I really want to be conscious of your time. Um was there anything else, any other songs or comments did you want to add Mm-mm-mm. songs right now no I've been like my my taste has been starting to change I think I've been listening to a lot more mellow stuff because uh, like yeah. one of my friends said when you come home from dealing with just like the white foolishness you just need something a little bit more calm um I've been listening to a lot of her a lot of Daniel Caesar a lot of um Jamila Woods who I really like um, I'm gonna check her I haven't heard about yeah, her she's yet. she's great. Artist from Chicago. There's just so much good music coming out of Chicago right now. Um, but no, that's about it. I'm just so, like, I'm so glad I got to be on here and that we got to link and thankful for this opportunity. Oh, yeah. And I haven't, like, fully announced it yet, but Autumn is going to be leading a workshop on this project that I'm yes. working on. It's Planning on releasing it actually should be released by the time I do this. So I'll just go ahead. It's called Grad School Ready. It's a virtual summit and Miss Autumn will be leading, if it wasn't for my homegirls, the power and necessity of community when writing to get your life with this writing because it does not, it, all it does is intensify in grad school. So I'm really excited um, about you talking about writing groups and how important they are and how useful they are, um, especially, you know, as someone, as people are in or aspiring to graduate school. Yes, yes. Writing groups are foundational. Absolutely. They, re- like, literally my spring break was productive thanks to a mm-hmm. writing group. So, I believe it. Well, um, Autumn, thank you so, 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 so much. I cannot um, wait to release yes. this, actually. I'm um and i know that black and in grad school and black academia will be collaborating again in the future so tell us where we can find you on twitter instagram all yeah, that jazz. so you can find us on twitter at read blackademia instagram same thing we have a facebook page is read blackademia um, you can email us at readblackademia at gmail.com. Um, I am also on Twitter at Autumn Adia, A-U-T-U-M-N-A-D-I-A, and on Instagram at, at Autumn Adia 4. Um, yeah, that is pretty much it. All right. Thank you thank so you. much. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Black and in Grad School. For more content to help you on your grad school journey, check out blackandgradschool.com. That's B-L-K-I-N gradschool.com. Love this episode? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Until next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.